Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Editor Knows Best. My name is Katyra Poland. I am the founder and CEO of Love for Words, which is an editing boutique. And I'm also the creator of, pop, of Editor Knows Best, the podcast you're tuned into right now. Um, we do have a very special guest today, but before we get into that, um, just a reminder, Editor Knows Best airs every other Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern, anchor.fm slash editor knows best or anywhere you can find a podcast you can find editor knows best so thank you all for tuning in again and now i will jump in to introducing our special guest for this episode she is the founder and ceo of ebony nicole smith consulting llc a boutique writing and publishing company based in rochester new york She's a writing coach and publishing engineer to faith-based men and women who desire to release the book God gave them. She's a 2015 Rock Awards nominee for Author of the Year, recipient of the 2019 and 2020 Kingdom Visionary Society Honors Award, mayoral recognition for small business in Rochester, New York 2022, and the recipient of the 2022 100 Successful Women in Business Award. She's a 10-time author who's helped over 40 aspiring and seasoned writers, authors write and publish their books. She's launched over 100 aspiring authors on their journeys to becoming published authors with her Bold Writer Strategy Writing Masterclass. An author by passion, transformational speaker by experience, and a woman of God by calling, Ebony Nicole wears many hats. In addition to running her business, she's the co-founder and vice president of the Rochester Black Authors Association, former former radio co-host of the Inspirational Experience on 100.9 WXR-FM, the host of Facebook Live show, Become Bold in Your Storytelling, and the executive secretary of Black Men Achieve of Rochester, She's also the chaplain and recording secretary for the Theta Omega Sigma Philo affiliate and a Rochester Genesee Valley business and professional women's club member. Today's guest is Ebony Nicole Smith. Thank you so much for joining us today, Ebony. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I think uh, you might, I might have to have you edit down after a lot. as a professional we have a long one and a short one yeah so yeah so you can go ahead and make a shorter one long. but yes yeah, so i'm so glad you were able to be on the podcast finally i'm excited you're here and just the fyi to all the listeners ebony is a client mm-hmm. we also work together on projects yeah. so she will outsource the editing for her publishing clients and vice versa when i have clients who need her publishing services yeah. i do the same in addition to being friends yeah so you can be friends with people you do business with you, you just really can you have to be clear with those boundaries Absolutely. so uh don't feel discouraged <laughs> Yes. So all of our listeners have heard all the great accomplishments and the things that you have done in your writing and publishing career. So I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about the motivations for you to not only become an author, but also become a publisher. Yeah, so that's a great question. When I started writing my first book called Eve's Confession, Songs of Love for Soul, back in 2010, 
it was because I was in a quote situationship. And it got worse because I wanted more of a full relationship from him where he was content with what we had and where we were. And we weren't going anywhere. We weren't going to get anything else, but I wanted more. So one day, literally at home, angry after having an argument with him, the idea for the first chapter of my book just dropped on me. It was a mom coming home after a long day at work. She, uh, prior to leaving work, she texts her husband and said, I need your full undivided attention. Make sure the kids are bathed, ate, and in bed by the time I get home. She arrives home. Unfortunately, her husband didn't see her message and he's playing with the kids, having a nice time. It upsets her and she just goes into this whole rage of frustration. And she pours everything out from her day onto her husband. Uh, so that's how my story began. It was all me wanting more out of a situation that had nothing else to give. And so my character Eve was an outlet for me to express how I wanted to tell the guy I was in a situation with. And Eve did everything for me. The funny thing is, the more I worked on my story, the less time I had for him, and he completely faded to black. Like it was just, mm-hmm. it just completely, it was like, it was like a walking off a cliff. One more you turn around, it's gone. That's how it was. It was that easy mm-hmm. to to indulge into my book and less indulgement in, into him. Mm-hmm. And then the second question was, uh, how did I become? How did I start publishing? Mm-hmm. Publishing came along in two thousand. 15, my pastor said to me, um, I want you to help me with my book. And I, I always kept telling him, he told, I, he told me this prior, many times before, and I always tell him, you know, when you're ready, let me know. At that point, I wasn't helping anybody else. It was just my work. So in 2015, we started talking more about the book that he wanted to write and how he wanted to convert some audio recordings of uh, sermons he did into a book. So in 2016, um, it was February of 2016. He gave me four audio CDs. I transcribed them. Now, transcription in a book is is like this little gap there. So what I had to do, if you are familiar with listening to sermons from pastors, you know, sometimes they can veer off to the left and then come right back. Well, when I was transcribing, I had to listen to it over and over, many times over, because I wanted to make sure I wasn't including those moments where he would veer off and then come back. And so um, from there, I transcribed the four CDs. He already had a publisher. So after what I had done my part, he had given it to his publisher and they did the rest. Now those four CDs did not comprise of the entire book. So there was still additional work he had to do with his publisher. But working with him showed me that people need this service. They, they want to write books, they don't know where to start, they don't know how to, they don't know anything, they don't know how to start, stop, they don't know how to fill in the middle, anything like that. But I know I had taken this journey two times prior to working with my pastor and I said, you know what, I, I want to do this. I want to help others become published authors and uh, I think it was in about, that was in, I would say probably like Feb, no. February, I started working on my pastor's book. Uh, March, I was done. And then in 
May, no, April of that year, I reached out to my first business coach, Ms. Cheryl Grant. She helped me out tremendously to do a hybrid uh, publishing, whereas I do all the behind it. I tell my clients, I do all the behind the scenes work, you do all the front glory. So I do everything that it takes for you to become a published author. And you just, you sit back and I'll take care of everything, which includes the editing. And so that started, I launched my business in 2000, on the 5th of June, 2016 and I've been going ever since. Awesome. Thank you for giving us that background and also being um, vulnerable and sharing that your business and your writing were birthed from frustration yeah. um, and heartache because mm-hmm. um, so often the most beautiful things we create come from pain. Yeah, so um, thank you for sharing that with the mm-hmm. listeners and I'm sure they can relate to that. Yeah. So you mentioned transcribing or transcription. Can you talk, can you tell myself and well, I know what it is, but can you tell the audience members who don't know what that is, can you give them a definition? Sure. So transcription is you take it in audio recording. Sometimes it could be um, it could be in a CD form or MP3 file, and you are typing what you hear. It's what um, if you court reporters, if you've ever gone to to court for any reason, whether you're sitting in there or you have to be defended or or not. You have the court reporters, they're literally typing every word that is said in the courtroom, unless um, it's a sidebar conversation that the judge is having with the attorney. Otherwise, the court reporter is recording everything that can be later referred to um, as needed. So for the transcription, that's what I did for his, uh, for his audios, is I had taken what I heard and put it in, into chapters. Thank you for breaking that down. So for those of you who maybe are not good at typing, you don't like typing, you can always hire somebody to do the transcription piece yep. for you. Absolutely. Um, so that is an option. So don't feel um, like there's no way out if yep. you don't happen to, to be good at typing or want to do that piece. There are people to help you such as that. So could you share a little bit more? Could you share your least and most favorite part of that, of the self self-publishing journey? What did you like and what didn't you like? I would say, ironically, that we're on an editor's knows best, is the editing part. When I first started, I was in, seriously, I kid you not, at least 100 Facebook groups, all dedicated to writing. You know, it was black authors this, women authors that, minority authors. Uh, I like to write in suspense. It was a suspense authors group, and it was first-time authors, and it was groups held by experienced authors. It was so much, and I was in all of them. But what I noticed when it came time to actually working and not working, but publishing my book, the advice I got was to have more than one person read your book, um, and so that's what I did. So I had hired two editors and a proofreader. So I had the first editor, she went through it one time, and then the second editor went through it supposedly three times. But here's where the reality of the work they that they did not actually do hit. When I sent it to the proofreader, she sent me back a letter, and I actually still have that she, in her uh, in her email. I still she sent me, and it said this book is not ready. She said you have transitional issues. I didn't know what that was at first. She said you have transitional issues. There's a lot of things in here that doesn't make sense. 
it all made sense to me because it was in my head, but it didn't make it to the paper. <laughs> um, and she said, she pointed out so many issues. And I'm looking at her email, I'm like, why this page between two editors, $2,500? Why didn't catch all these issues? But I'll be honest with you, Pride did not let me listen to the proofreader. Mm-hmm. Pride said, show what she's talking about. This other two editors said it was good. The mm-hmm. one editor said she enjoyed it. She can't listen to part two to come out. Pride said, listen to the editors. Don't listen to the proofreader. Mm-hmm. But had I been wise, I would have listened to the proofreader, went back to the editors and said, fix these issues or run me back my money. Right. And so... Now, <laughs> 10 years later, it's, I've learned how to do my transitional uh, sentences and things like that and scenes, build my scenes for my characters. I learned how to do that with trial and error. So for me, the issue that I had, even though I, I did ignore, although I ignored what the proofreader said, when I published my book, I was sent, I sent it out to uh, book reviewers and they enjoyed the storyline, right. they liked it, all that stuff. Right. But editing was the number one issue. And I was confused as to how I paid $2,500 between two editors and editing is the highest issue, Mm -hmm. the number one issue that I'm getting from people. Mm -hmm. And so um, that was 2012 when I first published my book. Mm -hmm. Then in 2013 is when I met my now publisher, my chief editor. Like she, I met her and she taught me everything about how mm-hmm. to effectively write a non or how to effectively write a fictional story mm-hmm. and so there we have it okay so it sounds like the editing was the least favorite part yeah. and we'll come back to your editing experience mm-hmm. but what did you like most about becoming a self-published author i want to like most about it is being able to control my narrative because i can control what i write mm-hmm. um also i like that it's on my turn on my terms from the book cover to how I describe my characters to all these different things um, that whatever I want to share out with the world I can do Um, unlike traditional yes traditional publishers or traditional uh, published authors they do have a say in the different areas but they don't have a big say in the different areas so when you self-publish no one can tell you you can't but you and so that's why I like, I like having, I, don't, I think I'm a control freak. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so the control part for me. Be able to control not only my narrative, I get to control uh, when I release my books. I get to control where my books will be. Um, and, and those things are of that nature. Right, right. So now we'll circle back to your editing experience. I would like for you to share with the audience um, the value you see in editing and also give advice to our listeners who might be apprehensive or worried about working with an editor. So when it comes to editing, what I appreciate about it is that my editor, you and because I have, because my business has grown mm-hmm. and gone, mm-hmm. I am not my core editor. But what I love about you all is that you all can see what I can. Mm-hmm. I'm working with my clients. And, you know, they're not, they, oh, you know, I can't, you know, I, my spelling is this. And I'm like, baby, my grammar sucks. <laughs> but my editors are top notch. Okay, <laughs> so don't worry about it. So, and so it's having people on your team who can see 
what you care and it allows you to write your story knowing there's somebody who can help you comb through it, sift through it to pull out the best. So that's what I appreciate about editors because they're they're going to tell you, look, th- this storyline is weak. You need to add something else or, you know, my first editor, uh, A.B. Brunfield, she would tell me <laughs> I changed tense in the middle of mm-hmm. the set. I will be past tense, then something, I'll say a word, and then next, you know, I'm present tense. Mm-hmm. No, I just didn't notice. But, <laughs> but for me, editing is one of those things where your book is your baby and the editor is the doctor. The doctor knows. You are new to this. You can't see any issues, but the doctor can look at your baby and say, yeah, that's a problem. And you're like, what now? That looks fine. Uh-uh. That's, a, that's an issue. And if you trust me, if you trust my expertise, you will allow me to fix this. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I, I appreciate about editing. Okay. Um, if someone was weary on the fence about by, uh, purchasing services from an editor, I would say you are out of your mind not to do it. I'm telling you, just because we are self-published authors, and I'm a self-publishing publisher, just because this is what we do, it's our work, we're doing it, doesn't mean we have to put out mediocre work. Doesn't mean our work cannot stand against others who have who've gone the traditional route uh, with a traditional publisher and have a traditional, you know, have these editors and team of editors and all this stuff. It doesn't mean we have to put out poor work. No. You can have, I've had people spend, uh, like, book covers can be pretty expensive. Book covers can range from three up to $1,000, okay? People spend more money on the outside of the book and neglect the inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, the outside of the book is is important because people, believe it or not, people do judge a book by the cover. Right. We look at the name, that draws us in. Any graphics on it, that draws us in. We turn it over. If there's content on the back about the book, we'll read that. Some books have the synopsis on the inside, so we'll read that. And then what people, next thing people do after reading the synopsis, either on the back or on the inside flap, mm-hmm. is they read the first paragraph. If they can't get past the title, because they're judging you then, they're judging the back to see if they even like the synopsis. If that reads well to them, they're judging it. And then they'll read that first paragraph. If they get past all those and they are a buyer, they become, hopefully become a fan of yours. Mm -hmm. But if that editing is not at its best, that's a problem. It's a problem. Because people are going to comment, they're going to talk about it. So, if you write about a subject that you're not very familiar about, mm-hmm. I would say research and let your editor know. Look, I- I'm talking about army life. I've never been in the military. Mm-hmm. I did some research. Do you know anything about military? And if that person says, yes, I do. And they come back and they're like, look, sis, you said the sergeant said this to the captain. That's not accurate because the sergeant will never come out of place with the captain. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, it's just those types of type of things that you can hope from for your editor. Um, but I would say if you are hesitant about uh, hiring an editor, mm-hmm. your hesitation is misplaced. You need to do it. Allow that editor to help pull out the best in your writing. Otherwise, you'll be like me. 
thinking you have a great product until a book reviewer who what this is it's what she does says to you I can destroy your whole book just off the two sample chapters you said and that's what was told to me all because of the editing mm -hmm. so to save face to keep you from going down that path mm -hmm. hire a I say I tell people to always look in to make sure your editor is well versed in your genre. Make sure it's something he or she um, enjoys doing. Right. Um, and to make sure they give you samples, make sure they can give you a catalog of who they've worked with. Because Tyra, if you've ever been to her website, you know who she's worked with. There's no question about it. Okay. So they know who you work with. They can see all of these things. But if by chance you cannot see who your editor has worked with, I've I probably would not hire them because yeah. I, I would I want to see your work mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying so um, those are a couple of tips but when it comes to editing don't skip it I would say put the bulk of your money in editing mm -hmm. and then you can go to Canva or Fi Fiverr Fiverr if you like Canva like I do I'm a Canva champion so you go to Canva, you can create the book cover there, or you can go to Fiverr, spend 50 bucks on a cover mm -hmm. that can still give you the look that you're looking for. But I would say if your budget is, say, like $1,000 to publish, mm -hmm. if it's going to cost you $800 edit, then you put the $800 in the editing. Mm -hmm. Because the last thing you want is somebody to talk about the book. They couldn't get past the first chapter because the editing sucked. Right. They couldn't follow the storyline because it wasn't well-developed. They didn't understand why the characters did what they did because the characters were underdeveloped. You don't want these issues. I promise you, these are all things that I that have happened to me. And that is why I have four quality editors because I don't want my clients to experience the same thing. Right. And so by quality, I mean, this is what they do. Mm -hmm. they, this is their business. This is their passion. They have a love for words mm -hmm. and they just enjoy it. Yeah. And so, yeah, if you, if you think about skipping it, just be prepared for what comes your way. Right, right. And I agree um, with all the, the tips that you gave. Um, and I will add that the most important, important component of working with an editor is the relationship. So a lot of people get tied up and worried about they're going to tell me I spelled this wrong or I'm going to get all these red marks all over my manuscript. And believe it or not, that is not the most significant part of the editing. It's do they understand your voice? Mm -hmm. Do they appreciate what you have to say? Mm -hmm. Do they know what you're talking about? Do they like that genre? Mm -hmm. Do they respect you? Mm -hmm. um, are they able to deliver what you need? Mm -hmm. So that's where that, can I see your testimonials? Yeah. Can you do a sample edit yeah. comes in where they can prove, okay, yeah, this would be a good fit. Mm -hmm. The other piece of that, even for editors who are listening, new editors, aspiring editors, you need to make sure that um, you know, that person is also a good fit for you. Yeah. So the client might ask you to, to turn around a 300 page book in a week. <laughs> That's a red flag. I mean, if you can do it, then by all means. But if you know you require more time than that, you have the capacity to say, you know what, this isn't going to work. Yep. You'll save yourself time and energy. You'll save that client time and money. Yep. So you really need to do the work up front to make sure everything aligns and that you're going to work well together. Um, and it's okay for either party to say, no, this is not a good fit. Yep. You don't want to waste time and energy and money. So I just want to encourage you to know 
you need to focus on that relationship before you jump into hiring the editor, embedding yeah. um, the editor, making yeah. sure they can do what you need. Um, so make sure you focus on that. I mean, get to know the editor. You know, you're not going to know everything about them after a, a consultation, but it will give you a much a greater understanding. Yeah. Um, so do your follow due diligence. Social media is huge. Yep. Follow on social media. I, I, I forget what day. I think it's every Thursday you post about your mm-hmm. uh, testimonies. Yeah. So you clients. can see if mm-hmm. you, you post who our clients are, yes. she, you know, posts that they've said about her work. Mm-hmm. You can click on that person's link and go yes. inbox them. Hey, I see Katara posted that you mm-hmm. worked with her. How was it working with her? Yeah. Tell me about her. Exactly. You know, so you can, even with me, you can, I don't want people to research me. Right. My, I am Google. You have to. So I am Google. <laughs> Google everyone I'm, calls I'm, me. I'm feeling Google mode. I am Google. <laughs> you can't hear that. It's not a word. But I am Google. No, I'm not Google. <laughs> 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 I'm going to sign and say, Google me, baby. Right. Like, you can't literally Google me. Right. And find out who I work with, things that I've done, and what I'm doing. Yes. And so... I, I think that even though although you're you run into a, a new editor, give him or her a chance because they might be just what you need. Y'all right. can build a relationship together for sure. Was I was your second or third client? Because you did one before. Probably second then. And then we've yeah. been ever since. Right, that was 2016. Or 17, 17, 17, 17. Yep. yes, yes. And so I asked her for a sample. She sent right. me a sample. Then I sent her, a, it was my devotional she had this yep. And here's what is so crazy. I sent you and another editor mm-hmm. the same document. Mm-hmm. You came back with all these questions and doing all this stuff on right. paper or do the digital or Word document. And then she emailed me and said, what do you want me to do with this? You are not an editor, or you might be, but you're not my editor. Right. You didn't ask me what I fixed it. <laughs> I know my grammar sucks. Right. I know that I probably have like 17 run on sentences right. in the on the first page. Right. Like it's I but I learned this, you know, your girl has grown up. Yeah. <laughs> but it, I know there's issues there. So for you to for so for her to ask me. What do you what do you want me to do with this? Was oh, I say red flag. It was like, yeah, that's not it. Right. So, right. and I'm very happy because not only did we begin to build a working relationship, but we are friends, mm-hmm. and so that's what I yeah. appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, thank you again for all your insight about the you know editing and your experience with editing and sharing that with the audience. Probably. So, I'm going to backtrack to the hybrid publishing, which you described that you do all of the behind the scenes work to get the author ready to be published. Mm-hmm. What, how is the what is involved in regards to the royalties when an author works with a hybrid publisher? What would they expect in regards to book royalties? Oh, that's a great question. So when it comes to what I do for hybrid publishing is, I, again, I do all the back work, you get all the front glory. Can you define back work? Back, what does that look like? Yeah, back work is helping you uh, with your story, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. I help you develop uh, either one that you're doing. I help you develop that. And then I do the publishing. So I gather uh, your ISBN number, fill out all that information, your copyrights, which belongs to you, uh, your idea for your 
cover, we work on, if you don't have a synopsis, we'll work on that. Um, editing, I take care of that, which means by saying I take care of it means I have my team of editors mm -hmm. and I'll see who can take it. Mm -hmm. I know what I know what they like. Right. And so I'm like, hey girl, hey, can you do this? Hey, can you right. do that? So um, I do take care of editing. I take care of formatting layout. Um, I also offer, now I offer um, a author start a website which is dedicated mm -hmm. to your book which you can build on as you grow as an author um also take care of um, some i'm do heavy marketing but mm -hmm. i take care of some light marketing graphics for you mm -hmm. um and i just show you the way i tell you like look let's think of some ideas based on your book what are some ways you can get out there on social media um if you are open to doing like uh facebook live or instagram lives let's get you out there to maybe do like a 15 or 20 minute talk based on your book mm -hmm. so people can get to know you so when you drop your book every you know people are ready mm -hmm. like and i always tell people this this is all about being what I do behind the scenes. I tell people, we don't have the luxury of being Queen B, Beyonce. She dropped that album and overseas, people are going to buy it up and the new one dropped, the other one, it dropped yesterday here in the United States, I believe. And people are buying it up. We don't have that luxury to drop something at 4.33 and the world has it. We have to build up to it. So we have to market. So I give you tips and strategies to do that. Whether you follow them is up to you. So I do those behind the scenes work. Um, when it comes to royalties, I also put your plat your information on these on different platforms where your book could be available. Mm -hmm. uh, right now I do three, which is Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and Lulu. However, there are many, many, many more. Um, I'm playing with, not playing, but when I say playing, it means I'm going through the process of two of them, which I'm going to use for my book first. Mm -hmm. And if they work well for me, then I'll add them to places where I publish for my authors. I like to be the guinea pig mm -hmm. so that if it doesn't work, my authors will never know. Mm -hmm. If it does work, they will know. Mm -hmm. So, because um, I don't want to, I want to avoid any bad situations. Mm -hmm. So that's why I don't like, I'm going to try this with this client. Absolutely not. I'm a, I'm an author. I'm gonna try it with me first. If it works with me, then I'll make it a part of what I offer. Um, so when it comes to royalties, so after all that, when it comes to royalties, my clients get their royalties. They pay me to take care of the book publishing for them. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's a hybrid because traditional publishers they give you an advance, and sometimes that's all the money you get. Um, and then you have Vanity Publishing, which is uh, where Vanity Publishing is not what I do. I'm a hybrid. So Vanity Publishing means um, you're, we're not, we're gonna, we might give you a small advance, but not big, not, you know, not a little small advance. And you're also, you also may be required to pay some things. But if we're going to give you a royalty text, you got to sell 2,500 copies of your book mm -hmm. before you see any type of, of money. And that's where vanity comes from. Whereas with a hybrid, again, I do all the back work for you. You get all the front glory and your royalties belong to you. All your information is in there. So when Amazon dropped that uh, royalty check from people buying the physical book or the ebook, it goes right to you. You get notified and they deposit into a bank account that you have set up. I don't get any of it. I, the only thing I tell my clients is, if you write a book, if your book 
somebody comes to you and say, hey, we want to make this into a movie and you don't know what to do, call me. And we'll talk, we'll get, listen, I, I know two attorneys, mm -hmm. hey, can you look over this contract for my client? Mm -hmm. Because they want to turn this book yeah. into a movie. Yeah. And then we'll move forward from there. Of course, you know, you can hire me to be a consultant <laughs> on this right. thing. But <laughs> for the most part, me and the attorney, yes, I will introduce you to my attorney and mm he, -hmm. um, and the two of them can, can help you through with that. But for the most part, you, your royalty is simple on you. I, I, don't, right. I don't need or no, or no, watch your royalties. You're, you're good because I am literally just doing it for you, so that you can't don't have to go through the stress. Now, let me just say the side, the sidebar. When I say I go and be stressful publishing, it's a, it's a good stress. Yeah. Oh, does that make sense? Yeah. It's a good stress. It's like mm -hmm. a healthy stress. Yeah. Like, oh my god, I just tried to format this book. Yeah. And it just the page numbers just freaked up. Yeah. Let me tell you, I got a book yesterday. Uh, one of the proofs from my client mm -hmm. and it's 686 pages it's a big book six mm -hmm. it's, it's uh, and i was wondering why like, this book's so big mm -hmm. <laughs> but when i the inside and i flipped to i just flipped it just flipped open it and i'm like oh that's the problem okay i didn't notice that I made the size of the lines two inches. Oh, okay. Instead of one inch. One, one inch. And I'm like, oh my God. So they were, everything was double space instead of single space. Mm. So that's what made it almost 700 pages. So <laughs> when I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. This has never happened to me. Did all the spacing corrections and stuff, and now it's 409 pages. So. Right. Yeah, yeah, and you know, being an authorpreneur like so many of our listeners are, we know it comes with a lot of trial and error. Mm -hmm. So you're gonna try something, it's not gonna work, and you'll have to try it again. Absolutely. So for those of you listening who may be feeling discouraged about some of the bumps in the road, um, we all have those yes. bumps in the road. So you will get through it, and there are plenty of resources and people out there who will help you get through it. So don't feel discouraged by that. Please don't. Um, yes. So before we wrap, Ebony, can you offer um, a last word, last word, last word of encouragement or inspiration to the listeners who, who need a boost or who need um, some positivity to continue their journey? Absolutely. I, I would be glad to. I would say this. If you are an inspiring author, if you are someone, if you are an author, or if you are a published author, remember and do not forget your words matter. You have the idea to share your voice, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, wherever that idea has come from, whatever the inspiration has flowed to you, do not stop the flow, do not hinder that inspiration. Your words matter. You, you keep in mind, and this is what I tell my clients, I tell anybody and everybody, you cannot, you do not, you will not, do not think <laughs> that you write for everyone. Mm -hmm. You write for a specific group or set right. of 
people. And as long as you keep them in mind, mm-hmm. then your writing will flow and then your books will be in the hands of those who need it. You don't write for everybody. You can even write for yourself and you write for a, a specific set of people. Your words matter to you and to them. Mm-hmm. One thing I tell my clients who are writing their memoirs is you have to make me care about your story. Mm -hmm. So if you want to share your story, you have to make, from the beginning, you have to make me care. Because if not, I'm just going to close the page or close the the book and say, this was, I want my money back. (laughs) So you have to make me care. Um, But in, in, in all, your words matter. Whether you are thinking about writing a book, whether you have your first completed manuscript, or you have a book in hand, your words matter. Absolutely. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. And thank you for offering that encouragement to our listeners. And I hope that does inspire you all. Um, And before we go, if you could tell the listeners where they can find information about your publishing services and also purchase your books, that would be great. Yep. So like I said, I am (laughs) Googleable. You can Google my name, Ebony Nicole Smith, and that will bring up everything for you. The first thing that does pop up is my website, which is my name, EbonyNicoleSmith.com. You get information about my products and services from there. Um, I also have a free webinar coming up on the 14th of August. You can register for that on my website. I'm going to teach you the steps that I had uh, taken to prepare to write my first memoir, mm-hmm. which is called Heart Attacks Happening, or Happening, Heart Attacks Happen, A Memoir on Love and Relationships, uh, which is releasing in November. But you can uh, contact me through my website, Google me. Just, yeah, that's that's best way. The best way to be is to Google my name and, I'll, and it'll come up with with how you can reach me. Thank you. Yep. And just to clarify, that's Ebony with a Y. Yes. Um, and you do have to include the Nicole as well. So yep. Ebony Nicole Smith. No H in Nicole. E-B-O-N-Y N-I-C-O-L-E S-M-I-T-H Thank you. Um, and thank you so much for being our guest today. It has been a delight uh, speaking with you, learning more about your journey and hearing all the nuggets that you have dropped for myself and also our listeners and a very special thanks to the listeners for tuning in to Editor Knows Best again. And again, it airs every other Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Wherever you can find a podcast, you can find Editor Knows Best. Thank you, everyone. Be safe and be well. Bye-bye.